Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the podcast. And in this podcast, we'll be discussing an email I recently received from a reader that involves one of those very important subjects that we all think about at one time or another. And the nature of this subject is balancing your passions with practicality. Balancing your passions with practicality. And I'll read his email, but the gist of it is essentially that how do I go about choosing a career choice or making those career decisions where I'm in the conflict, I'm conflicted between pursuing what I'm passionate about uh, versus what I think will better enable me to earn a living. So this is this is a question, this is one of those common questions, and it probably it's one of the most important questions that any of us will ever face. It really is a critical question because it really cuts right to the heart of what what is our identity? What are we here for? What are we doing? What is our purpose in life? It's a very, very important question. And so let's first read his email, and then let's try to take some tentative steps towards answering this question, because no one really has all the answers. No one really knows. But I think we can we can uh, hit the strings on our instrument, on our guitar, that will resonate with listeners and help them find their own path, and help them find their own path. And that's really what my job is, I think, in many ways, is I can't spoon-feed people. I can't force them to do this. I can't force them to do that. But what I can do is I can act almost as a suspended lute, and when you pluck it, the strings will resound. All right, let's first read this email. He says, Hi, Quintus. I was hoping to get your thoughts on an issue. My son is home for Thanksgiving, wrapping up his first semester at college. For some background, he is on a pre-law track getting a degree in accounting. Many years ago, I was pre-med and got a degree in one of the sciences. Now, my son doesn't really like accounting, but feels this would give him a career in case he doesn't get into law school. It might even help in business law. Similarly, my father strongly counseled me to get a degree in a science in case I didn't get into medical school. That was fine at the time, but I would rather have gotten a history degree. (laughs) The eternal question. I got into med school with no problem, and I think my son could get into law school somewhere. So the question is, should one follow his passions within reason or be governed more by security and practicality? Obviously, there must be some balance, but I think the situation to do what you enjoy, broaden your horizons, and enjoy your work. As you said in a previous podcast, most of the things we worry about in life never come to pass, and life itself can be drudgery if you are forced to do something you don't enjoy. There is plenty of time to get an MBA or some other thing later in life. I would also think a liberal arts degree would be an excellent foundation for law. Anyway, thank you for your time and your excellent work. Looking forward to your next book. Um, Happy Thanksgiving. And then he signs out. Well, thank you. Thank you, man. Much appreciated. Very, very good email. And, you know, this this is the type of email, man, where, you know, it really really tugs at your heartstrings because it lets you know that you're not alone. There are so many people out there who are wrestling and dealing with these same questions. And in many ways, I wish I had had someone when I was in my teens or 20s really to guide me down the right roads. But 
that just didn't happen. But I think I can offer some constructive points. I won't call it criticism, but it's just some points that I can offer out there that may help point you down to the right road or roads to help you guide your son in the right direction. Because let's face it, it's hard to give advice. It really is because sometimes we're not sure if we're saying the right thing. We're not sure if we're being blinded or if our vision is being obscured by our emotions. And it's nice to get some verification from someone else, from someone that you respect. So let me offer then my six points, my six points for weighing the scales of passions versus practicality. Passions versus practicality. What are the six points that we should factor into that weighing equation? All right. So let me start with the first one. The first point is get used to dealing with the unknown. Nobody who has really any intelligence really knows what they want to do until they're a little bit late in life. One of the weaknesses, and this is unfortunately, this is an unavoidable weakness of our educational system, is that students, when they're given their basic education, their basic foundations in education, they have limited life experience. They don't really know everything about life that would enable them to make a decision that can last their entire lives. What does a student really know? I mean, we we follow maybe the counsel of our parents or what society tells us or maybe what our community tells us or what we think we know the right thing, but nobody really knows what they want to do until later in life. So, you know, try to understand this in a in a very deep sense that if you feel in doubt, if you feel bewildered, if you feel lost, realize that this is normal. Realize that this is normal. And this is one of those unavoidable impediments of modern life that we ask students in college uh, to make life decisions when they don't have all of the data to make an effective decision. Nobody really knows what they want to do. So you have to just go with what you know. You have to do the best you can with the information that you have at the time. You have to do the best you can with the information that you have at the time. And this is what life really comes down to. This is really what life comes down to when you're training men in uh, trying to um, uh, overcome obstacles or, or break through barriers or, or, or whatever. You have to tell them, look, you have to get used to dealing with the fog of life, the fog of war. Things are never going to work out exactly right. You're never going to have all the information. You're not going to know what to do. But you have to do something based on the data that you have at the time. You make your uh, you make your evaluation. You evaluate the situation. You evaluate the mission. You evaluate all the other factors. And then you make your decision. Okay. And that's all you can do. And, um, you know, I, I remember when I would... When I first started doing jury trials, I would obsess over every little thing. I would try to control every little outcome. I would try to fuss over every little detail. But finally, I realized that, look, you're never going to know what's going to happen. You never know what a witness is going to say or not say. You never know what the other side is going to do or not do. You have to be able to think on your feet. You've got to develop reflexes. You've got to be able to develop situational awareness, 
where you can deal with whatever life throws at you. So don't think so much about education as, as a process of, of stuffing your mind with facts. Think of education as a, as a way to develop certain skills, reflexes. All right. The second point is, again, I guess a point that emphasizes why it's so difficult to evaluate the passion versus practicality equation is that your interests and your priorities in life are going to change as you get older. What you are interested in and what your priorities are when you're 18 years old or 19 or 20 are not going to be the same interests and priorities when you are 40 or 50 or 60. Okay, so how can you expect to be able to pick your life mission, to be able to pick your life career, when you're going to be a different person every 10 years, literally? So this really kind of proves my point that I made in point number one, which is you have to just go with the information you have at the time. You have to take what you have at the time, do the best you can with the information that, that you have, and then be prepared to adapt, to, to modify things, to make changes, to make adjustments, to make tweakings as time goes by. All right? Your life is not some sort of fixed instrument that remains set in the same place. It constantly needs to be recalibrated. Think of, you, think of your life as a quadrant or a sextant or some astrolabe or some fine-tuned piece of machinery. With any fine-tuned piece of machinery, you can't expect just to have settings on it and that it'll just stay perfect forever. All machines need to be calibrated and recalibrated and adjusted and tweaked and repaired and replaced. And this is no different when it comes to a human life in many ways. So your interests and priorities are going to change as you get older. So don't put all this pressure on yourself that you have to make some critical decision. Because the truth is, any decision is better than, none, than no decision at all. It really doesn't matter. What matters is that you do the best you can at the time with the information that you have. That's really the important thing. All right, number three. Number three. And again, this is ties into what I just said. You have to use the information you have at the time. You have to use the information that you have at the time. What that, what that means is, is you have to make the most of the opportunities that you have at the time that you are in that situation. Now, you said in the, the, this, this, uh, right, the, the, uh, the person who sent the emails states that his son is currently in, in accounting. He doesn't really like it and he doesn't really love it, but he thinks it, that's okay. That's fine. You know, I think in many ways we often expect too much out of it. As long as you don't absolutely detest something, you're probably better off just staying the course and doing what is mildly acceptable than to just throw caution to the wind and do something completely uh, injudicious or reckless. Because the truth is, you know... I think it's a myth that you're always going to be loving every stage of your life or every stage of your education. There are always going to be periods of time in which you have to suck it up, you have to bite the bullet, you have to deal with the pain, you have to suck it up. See, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to talk about that because we're trained to believe that we should just sort of uh, traipse through life 
through the poppy fields, through the, fi the fields of daffodils and dandelions, and everything is going to be happy, and we should always be surrounded and ensconced in bliss and pleasure. And life really isn't that. Life is not like that. And I hope if I've done something, I've, I've tried to impress upon people that life is, in many ways, it's about struggle. It's about struggle. It's about suffering. It's about endurance. It's about survival. It's about getting in there and hitting them as hard as you can and keeping going. And that's life. That's life. And people don't really like to hear that, but they're going to hear it. They're going to hear it. All right, so point number four. Point number four. Think of that both passion and practicality have their place. Think of this equation as almost like sort of the uncertainty principle, where if you, if you measure one precisely, the other factor is going to be out of whack. You can never really get them both down with precision at the same time. You're never really going to be able to nail passion and practicality with precision at the same time. Now, maybe there are some people who can do it. There are some people out there who are absolutely doing what they love. And what they love happens to be eminently practical. And hey, God bless them. Then that's, that's good for them. That's great. But for most people, you're going to have kind of a sliding scale. You're going to have, it's going to be sort of a multi-factor analysis where these, both of these factors are going to be weighing in the equation. And if you emphasize one, the other one suffers. You can't have them both at the same time. Or you can't expect to have them both at the same time. But what you have to do is to get used to the uncertainty Think of it, again, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, where if you, you can, and again, I'll get to the physics analogy here again, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle was a principle in quantum physics where if, in simplified form, the principle states that if we can measure the, the momentum of a particle, um, then we're not going to precisely know its position. In other words, we can know the position of a particle or we can know its momentum, but we can never know exactly both of those things at the same time. What we can have are probabilities. We can have probabilities that, a, that an electron may be at a certain place at a certain time, or we might be able to know what its momentum is, but we're never going to know exactly momentum and position at the same time. And this is not due to any deficiency in our measuring equipment. This is a fundamental principle of nature, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. It's a fundamental principle of nature, and we can sort of adapt it here to sort of life advice. Maybe no one's ever done that before, but hey, why not? Uh, why, why not use the analogies from, from physics? Okay, so we're never going to be able to know passion, and we're never going to be able to have practicality all at the same time. Again, I think it, there are some people that can do it, but they're very rare. Okay. Now, having said all this, having said all this, that you know, passion is important, that practicality is important, you may insist on an answer. You may say, okay, well, Quintus, you're not giving me the answer to the question, what should I emphasize? Should I emphasize passion or, or should I emphasize practicality? And if you really press me, I'm going to tell you this. If all other factors are equal, I believe that you should try to find a subject to study, or you should try to emphasize passion. 
You should try to emphasize passion because if you're doing something that you really, really are passionate about, if you're doing something that you really, really love, you will find a way to make that a profit-generating uh, enterprise somehow. And even, even if you don't, you'll still be happy in some way because you can keep that as a separate side avocation and you can later on always find something, quote, practical. Life is too short to be miserable. Nothing is more pathetic. Nothing is more sad. Or nothing is more tragic to see someone wasting their life away in a job that they hate. And let's say, suppose someone hates engineering. Let's, let's just say, I'm just making this up. Suppose you have someone who hates engineering. And suppose that this person hates math, hates science, hates all of those things. And yet they're forced to be an engineer because their father or mother told them to or their uh, family tradition told them to do it. They're going to be miserable. And that that misery is going to find a way out somehow. And somehow you're going to almost adopt the the feel of a ticking time bomb. And sooner or later, there, a crisis point will be reached. Okay? So... Again, all things being equal, if you have to press me for an answer, emphasize passion over practicality. Now, again, the people listening to this, of course, there's so many people, they take things too far. They say, oh, well, you're just you're saying I should just study basket weaving and not worry about energy. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I think both are important. I think passion is important. I think practicality is also very, very important. But in other words, I, I don't think someone should, should pick something to do that's solely based on uh, an interest of passion and emotion and has no grounding in practicality. That's what I'm saying. There are enough fields of endeavor out there in the world where you can combine both. You can find something that you like that also has some element of practicality to it. Suppose you love geology. Let's say suppose you love volcanoes or earthquakes. There are ways that you can find to uh, study subjects uh, that where you can combine you know your interest in that subject with something that's practical okay and let's say you love history or you love languages there are ways to turn that love into or to go down a track that has some um that has some connection to a practical career there are ways to do it you may have to do a lot of research you may have to talk to an expert in the field but you can do it okay you can do it but my point here is that all things being all things being equal we should place our emphasis on passion because if you're if you're picking something purely on the basis of what uh you know you you the 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 median income is for careers let's say you hate selling insurance but you decide oh i want to go into the insurance field because i've heard that those guys make a lot of money you're going to be miserable you're going to be miserable you're going to hate life don't do that don't do that Find a way. And you have to do some self-reflection. You have to do some soul-searching. You have to ask yourself. And you may not be able to do it alone. You may have to talk to people. You may have to get a neutral, dispassionate analysis of yourself. Because it's it's hard to analyze yourself. But you can do it. Okay? All right, point number five. Point number five. Be prepared to constantly evaluate and reevaluate the decisions you've made. In other words, don't feel locked into something for the rest of your life. 
even if you make a decision, let's say the decision turns out to be the wrong decision, you're not roped in to something for the rest of your life, okay? Uh, be prepared to evaluate things. If you go down a path, you know, give it a, a few years, give it a good faith effort, and if things aren't working out, reevaluate that decision. Don't feel like you're bound to the soil. Don't feel like you're chained to a rock like a surf. You can make changes. You know, if if the desire is there and the will is there to do it, you can make changes. Now, here again, understand when I say evaluate and reevaluate, I'm not saying vacillate. There's a difference. There's a difference between evaluation and vacillation. Vacillation mean it means being a chicken shit and con- and fretting and stressing about every little thing and being a wuss, being a chicken shit. That's vacillating. That's not what I'm talking about. So don't, again, people, you know, it's, you never fail. Every time you make a statement, you know, if you make write something or say, people will pick out something and take it to the extreme and say, you're trying to say, no, no, it's not what I'm saying. Vacillation is very different from evaluation and reevaluation. Know the difference. Fine line distinctions. Fine line distinctions are what life is all about. And you have to get used to dealing with fine line distinctions. Everything is in the details. So, that's, again, that's point number five. Constantly evaluate and reevaluate. The last point is perhaps the most important point of all. The last is perhaps the most important point of all. And hear me out on this. Again, the question is practicality versus passion. We're living in a very different world now than we were living in maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. Be prepared to have two careers. Sometimes the best way to square the circle here, because sometimes you get roped into something and you you, you get commitments financially and you have to get used to the money and you're, you're in a job that you don't like, but it's not easy to leave it because you have a family, because you have obligations, whatever. Okay, I, I understand that, you know. Point number six, though, is this. Be prepared to have two careers. Be prepared to have two careers. We don't live in a world anymore where you just have to limit yourself to one career. You can have one career that's practical, that pays the bills, that you may not be that passionate about. And yet you do your passion as a side business. You do something on the side. Think, for example, the the French mathematician Pierre de Fermat. F-E-R-M-A-T. He was the 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 the, uh, the early modern period uh, French mathematician the the the, uh, the man who is named after the um, Fermat's last theorem you may have heard of that Pierre de Fermat he was a jurist he was not even a mathematician mathematician by training or profession he was a jurist he was a he was a, a, an attorney essentially he was a judge and because that was what his family went into and in those days in Europe you essentially did whatever your father did you basically did what your father did now there were exceptions but it was that was sort of the guild system but in his spare time he always had a passion for mathematics and in and in his spare time he read books on mathematics he annotated he wrote notes in the margins of books uh he wrote his own theorems he did this in his spare time now he didn't make a business out of it but he was a brilliant mathematician. It's acknowledged now. But my, my point is that you should be prepared to have two careers. I got another example. I don't know. I can't remember the name of this guy. I probably should have looked it up before I did this podcast. But I remember reading on Amazon, um, there was a, a guy that wrote a very, very authoritative study 
of uh, ancient Greek mathematics. Um, and it's published by Dover Books. And this guy it was a British author. I think it was published back in the 30s or 20s. Um, and this guy was not a mathematician or historian. He was just a civil servant. I think he was a British civil servant. And he wrote like a two-volume treatise on uh, Greek mathematical works. You know, all of the all of the ancient Greek mathematicians. I guess he summarized their findings and described why they're important. And so this is another again another example of a of a person who had one career, but in his spare time he did something else. And I, in many ways, I consider myself uh, kind of in that same mold. I mean, uh, by training and by profession, I'm an attorney. I'm a, I'm a practicing attorney. I'm a full time lawyer. I have my own law firm uh, that I founded with another attorney. I'm a practicing practicing lawyer. I, we, we do bankruptcy and criminal defense. But I'm also a writer and a translator. I'm a translator and a writer. I have I essentially have two jobs. Okay? And I'm not saying that to, uh, you know, uh, I'm just giving, just mentioning that as an example because sometimes you have to find ways to allow your passions to express themselves. You might not be able to express your passion in your normal uh, nine-to-five work job. You may, you may find, say, you have to, um, you have to, uh, to meet your financial obligations. You have to have one job. Let's say you're a, uh, I don't know, um, you know, you're a nurse or you're uh, an engineer or you're a, a driller or an um, electrician or a plumber, whatever. It doesn't matter. Do a good job at that. Do a good job at what you do. But if you have a passion, say, for, I don't know, uh, selling you know, or, or inventing things. I had, I had one client, brilliant guy. He was a, a rancher, but he invented. He was in, he's a legitimate inventor. He, he actually in, invented this uh, application, a cell phone application for measuring, you know, for hunters to measure measure the uh, the antlers of deer you know for for hunting and I mean just just an example there are there are a million examples of this sort of thing out there and I think we're living in a world where you almost have to have multiple hats everyone is going to be wearing multiple hats because um, you know it's just a different world now and uh, yeah you're going to be working your ass off you're going to be working hard but if you're doing something that you love, if you have a compulsion, if you have a necessity to speak your mind, then you should do it. I mean, for me, uh, my both of my jobs kind of feed into each other. They, they're, they're mutually complementary. Uh, lawyer, being a lawyer and being a writer and a translator, it's all sort of part of the same rhetorical skills. You're a, you're a, you're a master of, of, of rhetoric, of, of, um, of uh, verbal learning, literary learning. And this is really what... Um, I think many people need to think about trying to do. You know, if you if you're really interested in something, find a way to let your passions uh, be uh, expressed. All right. So those are my six points, my six suggestions for balancing passion versus practicality. And I'm going to try to wrap up this podcast because, because as you know, I like to keep my podcasts short, as you've probably noticed by now. I don't subscribe to the school of thought where you should just get on the microphone and drone on for an hour. Okay, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody gives a shit. You should be able to hit it and move on. Hit it and move on. Hit the points you need to hit and move on. That's what I do. That's what I like to do. That's how I like to handle these podcasts. So let's summarize the six points. 
okay? Number one, no one really knows what they want to do until later in life. Number two, your interests and priorities are going to change as you get older. Number three, use the information you have at the time that you have it and make the best informed decisions at that time and you'll always be able to sleep at night. Number four, both passion and practicality have their place. You have to try to balance both, but in the final analysis, you should try to emphasize passion over practicality. Life is too short to be miserable. Point number five, constantly evaluate and reevaluate your decisions you've made in life, but don't vacillate. Again, let me repeat that. Constantly evaluate and reevaluate your life decisions, but do not vacillate. Know the difference. And number six, be prepared to have two careers. Be, be prepared to wear more than one hat in life. So I think if we can keep these points in mind, if we can try to think about these things, if we can try to internalize them, apply them to our lives, we may very well be on the way to answering our own questions. So I hope this was of some use to listeners. All right, and that will wrap things up here. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night. <laughs>